Welcome to the Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries Podcast, brought to you by Interactive Legal. Here's your host, Mary Vandenack. Welcome to today's episode of Vandenack Weaver Trulson Law Visionaries, a weekly podcast discussing updated legal news as well as evolving methods of providing legal service. My name is Mary Vandenack, founder, CEO, and managing partner at Vandenack Weaver LLC. I will be your host as we talk to experts from around the country about closely held businesses, tax, trust and estates, legal technology, law firm leadership, and well-being for lawyers. Before we start today's episode, I want to thank our sponsor. Here's a message from Interactive Legal. There's always a resistance to change, particularly with attorneys. Attorneys like to look back at what's worked in the past, and that makes a lot of sense. But when you realize that with a good automated drafting system, you can do a better job for your clients, deliver documents on a more timely fashion, in a more consistent and in a more costly manner. If you're not a subscriber to Interactive Legal, I urge you to go to interactivelegal.com and click on Request a Demo and you'll be contacted about having a demonstration of interactive legal for you, which can be done right over the internet. Don't have to leave your office. No salesperson will call. We can arrange it at a time inconvenient for you. So please go to interactivelegal.com and click on Request a Demo. Today's episode is going to focus on well-being. I have Nikki Kendall as my guest. Nikki is a naturopathic doctor. She's a professor at Midland. And can you add more to your background? I know whenever you do your background, it's a lot better than when I do it. So, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a naturopathic doctor, an overall health and wellness coach, and a professor at Midland University. I teach sports nutrition, health and wellness, strength and conditioning, as well as anatomy and physiology. I've been in the industry for, oh, geez, like over 12 years, doing everything from teaching group fitness classes to providing personal training services, nutrition coaching, meal plans, kind of the whole spectrum of health and wellness. So can you explain for some of this, like I actually have to admit, I had to look up exactly what a naturopathic doctor is. So can you give us a little background on that? So the short of it really is I'm an all natural health doctor. So I focus on nutrition, well-being and supplementation as well as herbal medicine to address any chronic ongoing issues. So, and you've been involved, we were going to talk today a little bit about some of the virtual services. So I'm personally a big fan of some of the, I could sit home and do things that I couldn't do before the pandemic. Um, So we're going to talk about some of the telehealth services. And you've been involved in providing services in that manner. Can you talk a little bit about what you've been doing? Yeah, the company that I work for is Well Choices. It's a virtual coaching app that provides personalized or customized meal plans for clients. We guide clients through goal setting, action plans, health education, habit change, and positive reinforcement for long-term change. The goal is to help the clients reinforce motivators for success, overcome outcomes, or excuse me, overcome obstacles, identify stress and really enjoy the good things in life. And so the focus that you have is on more preventive wellness, right? Absolutely. And helping people develop skills they can use in their everyday life to stay well or if they do have some kind of chronic condition to help manage it from the perspective of what they're putting in their body, how they're exercising, things like that. Absolutely. You got it. And so... um, 
What do you think is going to happen with online health services going forward from the pandemic? Do you think they're going to continue to grow and evolve? Oh, absolutely. I think the pandemic has really changed our mindset on how we're viewing healthcare. Um, I think we've kind of, it, it, we've really discovered that good care can be provided through telehealth services. There really is an emerging consensus that many services that once required an in-office visit can be provided through video chat, phone call, or, or even email. You know, by using these telehealth provision of services, providers can reach people in a geographical area that they couldn't previously reach before. And so... The thing is, telehealth has been kind of developing and expanding access before the pandemic. The pandemic just really kind of pushed it along its path, right? So what are some of the things, how, can you describe how the healthcare access has expanded? So in addition to reaching those in remote areas, health services can also be provided to those who have mobility limitations, transportation limitations. You know, pay- So wait, I'm going to ask you a question on that. So one that I've always thought is like, Have you ever had back pain? Yes. And so I know my brother recently like had called me from his house and he said, Mary, I can't get out of my chair. And I'm like, um, there is no way, you know, I went over there and, um, he had to like figure out how to throw keys through the way I was calling his apartment complex. And so that's even when you talk to mobility, I mean, there can be somebody who has cerebral palsy, who's in a wheelchair, or it could simply be, you have an injury of a type that, and it'd be like, well, okay, instead of calling me to come over and figure out how to get him out of the chair, I like finally figured out how to get in his apartment, gave him a whole lot of Advil, and we were able to get him on onto the floor eventually, right? But also for those with cerebral palsy who may not have ease to get to whatever the healthcare service they're looking for, right? That's kind of the mobility. And so what else? Well, you know, if patients can have access to specialists who actually are in different geographical locations. So if you have like your example, cerebral palsy or something a little bit more rare, you can actually access nationwide specialists. So we've actually improved, you know, overall health outcomes for these individuals who have like rare diseases because they can truly get to a specialist. You know, you're not going to be confined to the medical providers within your area anymore. Because I have actually have a friend whose son has some kind of unique neurological condition. I won't say the name because I'm sure I would mispronounce it, but it's a fairly rare neurological uh, condition. And so they're having to travel on a regular basis to the Cleveland Clinic. So they live not, you know, I think they live somewhere in Iowa and um, they have, you know, so there's no neurologist with this specialty in their area. So that's the kind of thing you're talking about, or even though I've been referred to, say, nutritionists in, you know, New York City. Of course, you're close to me, so that's really easy, and I can see you personally, but there's specialists of whatever nature, like maybe somebody has developed, especially in helping a particular, like I have a gal that I know who, GI, there's really limited in what she can eat, and she had to find somebody really specialized with that condition as well, a team that she didn't find local where she lived. So what else? So yeah, and in addition to that, teams can actually join together. So you can actually combine a bunch of different specialists and health practitioners to really come together and provide a comprehensive, holistic, personalized plan of care that's really going to improve the health outcome of that individual. So like my friend whose son needs a neurologist, if part of it's also, say, what can this young man do in terms of safe exercise? Does he need a nurse practice? You could still have a neurologist who's remote 
kind of managing the team who might be closer to the extent that there are some needs for some hands-on or in-person visits. Yeah, absolutely. And instead of them having to drive to the Cleveland Clinic to get imaging done, you can always get the imaging done here, and that can be read by the specialist in Cleveland. So it really has kind of broadened and you know, expanded our whole variety of healthcare, especially for those with, you know, rare conditions or, you know, when they're geographically kind of isolated, we can expand their entire overall platform of care. And so as uh, somebody who's worked a lot in the healthcare area from the legal perspective, I know I've watched a lot of the changes in that industry and seen that there's a huge amount of pressure on healthcare providers to provide quality patient care, yet reduce costs at the same time, which has always seemed to me to have the potential to be in conflict, which is, you know, a whole other discussion. But in terms of the telehealth, how does telehealth potentially help that? For the reducing costs? Reducing costs, but still providing quality care. So you can actually reroute those high cost, you know, in-office visits or those hospital visits to telehealth services. So you're going to reduce you know, ultimately the pressure on the facility itself by not having as high of a patient load coming through the facility. So if you think about it from like a management standpoint, you know, reducing the amount of toilet paper you need in the bathroom, you know, simple little things like that can really actually impact, make a big impact truly on the overall cost of that facility. Um, When we start kind of looking a little bit more, you know, deeper into overall savings as well, you know, inpatient care, it, it costs a lot of time. So if we're driving to, you know, the waiting room, we're sitting in the waiting room, we're sitting around with other patients who might be ill, you know, and then we're waiting to go into the waiting room, we're having to see a receptionist, we're having to see a nurse, and then we're having to see the doctor, and then we're going to have to check out and meet with the office manager to do billing. And we can kind of consolidate that all and reduce it as well, too. And we found that in the legal profession, that, you know, I, I never really thought about the time consumption in terms of the in-person office meetings, which I still, like with what I do, prefer to have a lot of the meetings in person. But some of them can really be shifted to like a video conference. And we don't have the like everybody comes in and let's get everybody, a you know, a, some coffee or water and spend 10 minutes. It tends to be that when you're doing the you know, video discussions that you get to the point a little more, even though the dogs are running through the videos and things like that and my favorite story was when I was taking a yoga class online and the dog pooped on the instructor's <laughs> mat. And, oh, yeah, and so the instructor then just kind of hit it for the rest of the class. Oh, that's I would have fantastic. Said, Excuse me, let's move it. <laughs> we are going to take a brief break from our episode for a word from one of our sponsors, Carson Private Client. Wealth planning focuses on liquidity management and charges you a fee based on a percentage of your assets. But entrepreneurs typically invest in their business resulting in light liquidity. That requires a unique strategy. At Carson Private Client, we provide a proactive and holistic strategy for building and protecting your wealth. Our mission is to alleviate the stresses and the burdens of coordinating all of those financial strategies. Carson Private Client will work with your current team of advisors to customize a strategy that manages all aspects of your life and wealth giving you back the time to focus on what matters most. Complex needs require sophisticated solutions. Reach out to our office at 402-779-8989 to schedule your consultation. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. 
Okay, let's continue our episode. But let's <laughs> talk about the services that can be provided through telehealth. Oh, yeah. So you can do quite a bit of things. So, you know, with telehealth, you can record all your measurements. You know, you can take your weight, your food intake, blood pressure, heart rate. All of those can be done through either a wearable device. You can load them online into a wellness portal. Um, You can have a virtual visit with a doctor or nurse over your computer or smartphone so you don't have to leave. Um, And then using an online portal, you can also check test results. You can order blood work. You can order x-rays if you need them. You can request prescription refills. Send your doctor a message. You can share information like the results and the diagnosis with other professionals. You really can coordinate care between your primary care provider and any specialist you visit, including the sharing of exam notes, test results, all those different things they can all be in different locations. You can get emails or even reminders when you're due for your mammograms or your colonoscopies. You can monitor older adults in the home to make sure they're eating, sleeping, taking their medications, that kind of thing. And on those email and text reminders, let's like forget about mammograms and colonoscopies, you know, and, and talk about some of the preventive. I can get reminders when I should stop for a minute and take some deep breaths. Yes, absolutely. And There's some great technology that's come out, especially with mindfulness. So meditation and breathing. Um, you can, even now, if you're wearing a wearable device, a lot of them will take your blood pressure, your heart rate, you know, so you can kind of see like, oh, is my heart rate really elevated? Is that why, you know, I'm having a hard time breathing? Am I panicking? So, you know, it can kind of alert you that, hey, you do need to take a few breaths. Your heart rate is getting elevated. Or, you know, set an alarm that, hey, guess what? It's time to take my medicine. So there's a lot of different things you can do with that. Or even vitamins, right? Absolutely. So if you're like a vitamin person. So as you know, my, one of my passions is really about the wellness on the preventive end. We've talked a little bit about it, but let's talk about some of the options. So you mentioned the apps that we can get. And I you know, have some of my favorite apps. And one of them is, and somebody was laughing at me this week when I was telling them about it. And um, there, it's a meditation app called trip I think is it is tripped or trip or something like that and it'll like have some of these pretty flowers at you and but then the next thing it'll start throwing bringing bricks at you and then you have to like pop the flat if you pop the little buttons they turn into these beautiful flowers and the concept is so you can still find the beauty around the obstacles mm-hmm. I think I shared that with some others who are like oh I don't really like the idea of having bricks thrown at me but I'm like, oh, okay so it's so there's a different app for everyone for different things but what else can you get from a preventive aspect that's online virtually So you can do everything from nutrition coaching to online classes, including workouts, meditations, like you had mentioned, eating plans. Um, You can download whole workouts. You can take classes online with your favorite instructor who might be in New York and you're in L.A. You know, so you have a ton of different options now. We've really expanded all of the different apps that are available. What's nice is that we can now connect through those apps with an actual person as well, too. And I was going to say, having used some of the apps, the other thing I like, and it's an app that you actually introduced me to, and I don't remember the name of it, so you could share that, but it's an app that actually, like if I go for, like my friend walked me 11 miles through the streets in Savannah, Georgia in 90-some degrees heat, but so it, I thought it should have shown not only the all the steps that I took, but the... <laughs> In humidity and what I sweated <laughs> off, but it connects like there's, so what is that app that you introduced me to that I think is through your company? Yeah. So our company, Well Choices, we actually work 
um, through a member portal, it, which is, you know, something, it's an app that you would download from the app store as well. What's really convenient about it is that not only am I able to load my client's nutrition plans, but it syncs with all the other third-party devices. So if you have like an Apple Watch and we connect that with Apple Health, that also connects with, you know, the app, the Wild Choices app that I'm working with as well. So I can check out how many steps you're getting. I can see where your heart rate is, how many hours you're getting asleep. That's truly holistic healthcare. And then when I add in, you know, your customized personalized meal plan on top of that, I provided you with a very personalized meals to help you reach your specific goals. And that's, we're going to have that conversation in another podcast talking about that nutrition, that personalization of nutrition is that's a really interesting type thing. So, um, what do you think are some of the most important preventive things that we want to see stay in place? I know that I am all about like the yoga classes, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going, okay, I thought it was incredibly cool during the pandemic. And I share the story that there's this yoga instructor in uh, New York City who's Dharma Mitra. And he is 82 years old, I think. And he's the oldest living yoga instructor in the U.S., and I have gone to yoga journal conferences. I was too scared to ever walk in his class because he would start his class just standing on one leg and taking the other leg out to the side. And I'm going, I'm not going to go in there and fall down. <laughs> so I would never, but I would do his yoga nidra classes every time I got to New York City. And so he was online and I was um, taking, started taking classes from his studio, but I still had this like fear of taking his classes. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, I'm in my living room, so nobody's going to know if I fall down. I started taking his classes. So I know, like, for that type of stuff, but I also think some of the um, coaching online, because for me, then I could sit at my office desk, right, and I can just call in and have a coaching session over my lunch break or something like that. Yeah, and that's actually quite a bit of what I do. A lot of people, will, you know, will get into the office and I'm their first meeting of the day. Or they have, you know, this 15, 30-minute window sometime over the lunch hour so we can connect. What was really nice is that over the pandemic, when everything was going a little bit more virtual, it was a really good opportunity to actually almost connect with somebody face-to-face. Because if you were living alone in, you know, your apartment out in Philadelphia, you weren't going anywhere, you know, especially if you look over the whole year of 2020, whether that be the protests that happened, you know, the pandemic that was going on, people were very isolated. And the virtual health services, not only did they allow you to connect with somebody, but to really walk through taking care of yourself through the pandemic as well. And I say that's one of the reasons I liked actually taking the yoga classes on Zoom because there were other participants who I could see. I know a lot of my friends do the YouTube classes, and that was just personally, you know, I'm sort of an extrovert, so it was kind of nice to take those classes. There's been a lot, so I serve on a couple boards that involve employers and um, also am involved in some activism for wellness in my profession and have worked a little bit with the medical profession in terms of their own challenges in terms of well-being and the focus on wellness. But so, and I know as an employer, we ask our employees, what would be really important on a go-forward basis? And different types of wellness came up as a really important issue. So if you have an employer who's really trying to create a well culture and support people on their avenues to wellness, what are some of the things that employers could do to support wellness of their employees and the owners too? Yeah, right? well, you know, first and foremost, 
Knowledge is power. So just providing wellness information to employees can be huge. Offering reimbursement for participating in, in wellness activities. You can even sponsor events or cover fees for, you know, like, 5Ks or, you know, family fun runs, those kind of things. Even creating office space where employees can take a midday break or have a space that can be dedicated to mindfulness, yoga, stretching, kind of resetting would be, you know, it would it would go miles, you know, and then really including wellness in the core values of your company, you know, it, 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 it lets people know that they're valued and that their health is valued and their wellness is valued. And there's a lot of things you, you can do that isn't that expensive, like our firm is we're participating in a 5k and we say well come along if you want to just watch because you can't walk there's, there's a mile walk there's a longer walk there's a run for our runners and doing some things like that and it's not you know it's not a huge cost it's kind of simple and just having some space but we've even done where we've had a teams chat in our office and had somebody talk to us and do a meditation or things like that that's so there's just a lot we have any last thoughts nikki I think, you know, it's important to remember that telehealth services existed and were evolving before the pandemic. The pandemic simply accelerated the use of all these types of healthcare and preventative services. The pandemic just helped highlight these services that can be provided without having to have the healthcare provider in the room. And, and I'm going to just add some legal comments because I know there's some legal and regulatory issues that are that are potentially get in the way and interfere. And a person who's become a huge advocate, and I travel a lot, so I've had you know, physician consultations on the run on my, you know, smartphone and things like that, or use a lot. I've actually been a probably very consumer and active advocate for the telehealth services. But some of the issues are, and we have these in the legal profession, are the patient privacy and confidentiality. And so that becomes, there's a mass amount of information that's being transmitted electronically, and that has to have the security. So that's the the data security standards and what commentators are suggesting is that to the extent that healthcare standards are expanded and that happens, they're talking about this in both, you know, wellness that isn't necessarily licensed and licensed activities, but the standards that should apply are those that apply to financial institutions. Then there's the Medicare and Medicaid reimbursement issues. Those issues exist regarding primarily related to online prescriptions and telehealth licensing. So there's some states that actually license telemedicine providers. There's other states that don't. So you have credentialing issues. So you can't necessarily, while there's the potential to really expand, like that team of providers we've talked about, some of these legal issues have to be worked through so that you're not providing medicine, you know, providing services outside of a scope of a license in the wrong state. Because one time we had like a nurse practitioner deliver a baby across state lines and in the state she was from it was legal the state that she delivered it was actually a criminal offense so that's the kind of things that has to be resolved I think for it to expand and I hope it is and plan to you know our firm's going to be involved in advocating on some of that the other one is you know medical malpractice and the question that's being raised in the insurance industry is whether there's going to be a special type of insurance that's required and then we have the fraud of and the abuse so there's in-person examinations that are required before a care provider can prescribe medicines. We're all familiar with all the concerns about the opioid epidemic and that type of thing. And so some concerns are like, well, the telehealth will make it really easy for the addicts to get online and show their deep pain and their need for, but there's also the legitimate need. And so that needs to be resolved, but definitely a significant issue in the considerations on the legal end. So 
Thanks a lot for joining me today, Nikki. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to today's episode and stay tuned for our weekly releases. Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries is made available by the firm and its attorneys for educational purposes and to provide general information, not to provide specific legal advice. Use of the Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries podcast does not create an attorney-client relationship between you and the firm or any of its attorneys. The Vandenack Weaver Trulson Legal Visionaries podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice, and you should contact an attorney in your state about any legal needs or questions you may have. A Huda Media Production.